0: so I'm going to try and face it out evenly to us, because yesterday, or the last Last time we did this, yeah, uh, it was more pointed toward me, so then my voice comes out a little bit stronger on the podcast, not that I listen to the whole thing.
1: Well, you project better than I do, that's the other issue.
0: I was the one that was born with a a birth defect, and... (laughs) I had that, you know, ingrained into me the pronunciation. I I, I hyper pronounce, yeah. I think.
1: Do you?
0: Yeah. My international students love that because I make the letters and the words come come to life. There you, know? you go. Yeah. Talking. 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 Uh, so yesterday we confirmed <laughs> that we were on for this morning, and I was headed to my office, and I went to my office. I'm like, I got to remember that book and take it home. <laughs> And I could not find that book. No way. And I looked all over the office, didn't see it. I'm like, well, obviously, it's at home. Yeah. So I went home, and I looked at home for the book. And I knew that I had two copies of the book and couldn't find it. Oh. And I'm like, Woof. so then I'm like, do I call Joe and tell him I can't find the book? Yeah. Or do I get online and see if I can't find a free copy of that book? By gosh. Because I was somehow liminally aware yeah. that the book is available okay. online. For free, and so I oh, cool. think I will go ahead and put that into the next podcast yes. because I did find it. It's a it's a pretty succinct PDF of like a hundred pages when it's an eight by uh, twelve or eight by. But 11, as far I'm as you happy.
1: know, it's not abridged or anything. It's the as far as report. I know, because I wow.
0: read that last night online, took okay. notes on the back of an envelope, which I. Forgot to bring, but I...
1: <laughs> but I see you have the book. I
0: have the book. It's sitting right here in front of me. So I came back to the office, and uh, I knew I had to send that thing to the printer so that I would have something to read and have it all highlighted up and, uh-huh. and, and whatnot, and then the printer would not turn on. Oh, Joe. no. And so then I'm like, well, I'll send it to the copier, and the copier didn't want to help me either, and so I'm, Oh, wow. I went to the printer, I touched it, I fondled it. It was like, I'm dead to you. <laughs> so I, sent, I, sent, I sent Anna a message. of am like, I can't make the printer work. Do you have any suggestions? Please, I suffer, please help. I
1: suffer, please
0: help. <laughs> she was still asleep at the time. Oh, so. no,
1: now she suffers. <laughs>
0: right. and then I... Uh, Walked back into my office, and I'm looking at... I had this little platform in front of my stand-up computer desk, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yesterday, I thought I was a genius, and I made a new handout. Yes. And uh, I had put a couple of copies of that handout right up there on the desk, and Uh I moved those, and right underneath
1: it. Right underneath it was hiding.
0: My my book, right? (laughs) And I found it with enough time to take it to the the yeah. pistro and sit down and read it and highlight it and it, it really it kind of hurt to read it because it's all really relevant yeah. so mad at myself for not being able to find that book, right. not really willing to go sit with my anger because I needed my book
1: <laughs> when, when difficulties arise it's this, um, this section of the book I see that you have um, the PDF though in print out uh, so you managed to get the printer to work
0: Oh, that was the other thing. So then, the reason I knew that Anna was asleep is that (laughs) she didn't yell at you. I know. When I was reading the book, she like texted me. She's like, "Ah, I don't know what to do. Maybe if you send it a document." And I'm like, "Yeah, try that one. That's how I know it doesn't work." Uh. (laughs) But so, and then she was texting me, and I was in my office. And I just decided to walk back through the printer room one more time. And there they were all printed out already. Oh, cool. I'm glad I didn't send, you know, 40 copies or
1: whatever. Sure. So So it probably took the printer a while just to wake itself up.
0: No, I think it's set for a particular time. And I think that Ah, time is probably 7 o'clock.
1: Interesting. Because
0: all my stuff happened well before 7. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Very interesting. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no printing after hours perhaps. Right?
0: Well, yeah, you yeah. got to plan ahead on that. That's it's kind of sure. funny. So I don't I don't know that we want to read the whole thing this time, but yeah. there are sections um, sure. you know, when difficulties arise, when you're angry with someone and uh you kind of have given up on the situation and that causes us to suffer because our communication is suffering yeah. and, or we're having difficulties. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, on page 93 under the header, it's communicating when you're angry. It says, one reason we have trouble communicating with others is that we often try to communicate when we're angry. Yeah. We suffer and we don't want to be alone with that suffering. So we figure if we... Um, <clears throat> tell the person because we're angry at something they did we want them to know if we tell them then that will somehow fix us
1: yeah there seems to be this uh, urgency Mm -hmm. to alleviate that anger that we're feeling and uh, you know as he goes on to say that's not the time to to act and we're right back to a thread that's been part of this entire book the notion of mindfulness and breathing and Mm -hmm. being able to exercise some self control Mm -hmm. um, instead of you know, we had talked in one of the earlier episodes about the difference between acting and reacting, right? And when we're angry, we're more likely to react mm-hmm. instead of um, being mindful, getting ourselves centered, returning home, all those things that he's been talking about um, before deciding exactly how how we're going to respond. Respond. That right? is so and, crucial. And this reminded me I, I mean, I'm going to date myself here. Um, I don't know if you remember. Back, I think it was in the 70s that the um, Church of the Latter day Saints used to run these commercials about family 70s interaction. and 80s. Was yeah. it the 80s? Yeah. And, and one of them was, I still remember the tagline was stop, you know, take control of yourself before you take um, hold of your child, right? So as a parent, um, rather than reacting out of anger, Get a hold of yourself, and that's what I was reminded of as I was reading this. Was that commercial, and that important message of uh, self-control yeah. and, and centering oneself um, when you're angry instead of reacting? Yeah, first
0: that that comment actually uh, reminded me of a discussion I heard about the Ukrainian war uh, and how parents should talk to their kids about uh, the Ukrainian war. Interesting. Um, where the expert was like the, you know, listen to your child, figure out what they know already, but then also come at it from a calm position because the child's going to absorb whatever it is that sure. that the parent is uh, putting forth. But then that um, expert went on to talk about supporting the parents, uh, you know, so that the parents can then support the children and provide that. like. Yeah depending on where the parents are, you know, and what parent right. is talking to their kid, yeah. uh, the, that the parents, because if the kids are in trauma, it's also possible that the parents are in trauma, and everybody's kind of reverting to those first learned behaviors yeah. kind of thing.
1: Yeah, that energy yeah. is not good for a family by any means.
0: On page 94, uh his first full paragraph says, but when we're angry, we aren't lucid. I have underlined... Yeah. Acting while angry can lead to a lot of suffering and can escalate the situation.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, he goes on to say, it doesn't mean we should suppress our anger. We shouldn't pretend that everything is fine when it isn't. It's possible to feel and engage with our anger in a healthy and compassionate manner. Then I also underlined, when anger is there, we should handle it with tenderness because our anger is us.
1: Yeah.
0: We shouldn't do violence to our anger. Doing violence to our anger is doing violence to ourselves. Yeah, I found that to be pretty profound.
1: Yeah, why?
0: Uh, well, just kind of it kind of makes you own your anger. Mm-hmm. I know my anger is not something that I'm all at all welcoming to or proud of or you know embracing at all. I'm just like, right. well, where did you come from, and why won't you go away? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and I have to now be tender, I'm like. What? <laughs> Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: It's not a cousin I'm used to welcoming into the house. I'll just put it that way. Yeah,
1: and this is, this is one of the things in um, teaching conflict and interpersonal that we talk about is that anger is an important message about yourself, your values, um, your self-esteem. And that is really the most logical starting place when we become angry is to think about what does this anger say about me? Mm -hmm. You know, last night, uh, for example, Diana um, was asking me whether I had transferred some money into Simon's account, our son's account, for airfare. And and I did uh, do that. And uh, I said, why? And she said, because he was asking about it. And I felt myself getting upset about this, right, of, you know, I, I make these transfers almost immediately after mm-hmm. he has booked a flight, I, I, you know, put it into his account. So then later, I started thinking, you know, why, why am I becoming upset about this, right? You know, this simple question she had asked me, um, and I guess I had sort of a sharp reply to her mm-hmm. that kind of signaled that I was upset and as i started reflecting i was thinking well it was really about some things that had happened over the day that was totally unrelated Mm. totally unrelated right and so i think that that's an important um thing i'm not always good about doing that of you know if i if i am angry or i've had an anger response of really stopping and thinking what was this about right and but that's really the place to start, right? When you feel yourself becoming angry.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, but it's so much easier said than done.
1: <laughs> Isn't <laughs> it, it? Yeah. The
0: path is so easy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: absolutely.
0: Also on page 94, that the the following paragraph, the mindful breathing helps us recognize our anger and treat it tenderly. I think it's important yeah. just to. To read that paragraph because um, yeah. it tells us what to do. Mindful energy embraces the energy of anger. Anger is a strong energy and we may need to sit with it for a while. Uh, when you cook potatoes, you have to maintain the fire underneath for at least 15 or 20 minutes. He needs a microwave. <laughs> same is true of the practice of mindfulness when it embraces anger. Can you put anger in a microwave? You yeah. can yeah well, okay. <laughs> it takes a while because the anger takes a while to cook it You can know that you're angry and not really know why you're angry, or I have had on occasion the the feeling that I'm angry but not sure why, yeah. and that's the anger looking for a reason, which is like the deeper anger, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and then it kind of lands on something convenient, yeah right yeah, yeah,
0: yeah exactly,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think, I understand the point he's making here. I'm not sure if the analogy to cooking is good. <laughs> when we talk about anger, I'm not sure I want my anger to cook, right? I I, I really want to reflect on it and think about it, but not necessarily let it uh, escalate. escalate and simmer, because that's what I think about with cooking, simmering, and boiling. And, and so I think it's, I understand his point, I just differ with the analogy he drew here
0: i think he's saying that it takes as much time to undo it maybe as to do it yeah or, or maybe even a little bit more like the undoing is like the cooking sure get that but we need we do need a new metaphor
1: <laughs> i think so <laughs> i think so
0: are we baking a cake i don't know <laughs> yeah. i'll work on that one later
1: Yeah, and I like as he goes on, he talks about that sometimes our anger may come from a wrong perception or a habitual way of responding to events that doesn't reflect our deepest values. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, that's that's pretty insightful that we may be seeing a situation in a way that's totally wrong. We're reading too much into it or we're leaving information out you know, kind of that idea of confirmation bias. I want to see it a certain way, and so I kind of look for evidence that's going to reinforce that mindset. And so our perceptions need to be held in check um, in many ways. So added to this reflection about anger is a need to think about, do I have all the information I need um, about whatever it is I'm directing my anger towards? And, And we often don't. We often don't. There is misperception.
0: Yeah, and he goes on to... Well, yeah, we can get into the misperception, but he goes on to talk about then we're often, you know, told to, like, hit a pillow or (laughs) beat it out, kind of. Um, Actually, I found, like, 10 years ago when I was working out after a particularly difficult breakup, I found anger to be particularly useful in making a good workout. Like, I'd remind myself uh, yeah. I was angry, and then i like, power on. Sure. And, but then after, like, a couple of months, I'm like, am I keeping the anger alive in order to get the workout?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it became a vicious cycle.
0: Yeah, and yeah. so I, I had to kind yeah. of change the path. I'm like, no, I can't keep going there. I have to find something else, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> On page 95, the second full paragraph, the first sentence, I have it underlined. He says, you have to get genuinely in touch with your anger in order to heal. Mm -hmm. Uh, While you're hitting your pillow, you're not really getting in touch with your your anger, and you're not actually getting in touch with the pillow, because if you were in touch with the pillow, you'd know it was only a pillow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, you're probably doing damage to an expensive pillow as well. Yeah, I I think the point that he's making here is that these outward expressions that are designed to not be hurtful to other people, but just simply a release, a catharsis, um, is preventing us from really going inward. Right. So, as as you indicate with your own experience, you know the workout was all externally focused and helping mm-hmm. you in terms of your you know physical well being but but it
0: it required a return to the the source of the anger so the yeah. anger wasn't getting healed no
1: by it. Yeah. no no yeah, not yeah. at all not
0: at all yeah um at the bottom of 95 he says suppressing anger can be dangerous it will explode if it is ignored and i think that's true too sure like if if you don't pay attention to it it doesn't go away it actually grows in strength until it gets you know big enough that it's visible enough that it does get the attention that it's been looking for,
1: yeah, there's an outburst of some sort,
0: <clears throat> right, and it's so funny because we want to ignore something when if we pay attention to it in its smallest form, we hardly even notice it, yeah, which is why we want to ignore it, yeah, but then if we do ignore it, it grows it grows, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah and then he continues on, and we're right back, as I mentioned earlier, as we started to, you know, what, what options do we have but to return home and practice mindful breathing and mindful walking, um, which I, you know, I recall earlier him talking about mindful walking. Mm-hmm. I think probably what he's suggesting here is to uh, remove ourselves from a situation and to... Refocus not only on our breathing but our body and what's going on with our body um, at the moment that we're angry, Mm -hmm. right? And
0: uh, well, I go walking sometimes, and it's not always a mindful walking because if I'm walking and I'm preoccupied with something even like my steps that's not mindful yeah but if I catch myself and I look around and I take a deep breath and I like let all that go and just go okay what am I feeling what am I thinking and just kind of focus on that present moment then that becomes mindful walking yes at least as long as I can maintain that particular brain space yeah then you're in a whole different space for sure
1: um
0: the the rest of that paragraph that you were talking about uh i highlighted to be present means to be mindful and then use that mindfulness to recognize embrace and look deeply at our strong emotions yeah yeah
1: And I love, I, again, I mentioned earlier that his analogy that he was using at Cooking Potatoes, I wasn't fond of, but this next analogy, oh, I love it. <laughs> yes, where, where he talks, and I'll read this because it's just so good, um, where he says that usually when anger manifests, we want to confront the person we think is the source of our anger. We're more interested in setting that person straight that in taking care of the more urgent matter, which is our own anger. And then here's his analogy. We are like the person whose house is on fire, who goes chasing after the arsonist instead of going home to put out the fire. Meanwhile, the house continues to burn. I absolutely love that, right? And I think that it's, it's, it is the case. Um, and it's certainly for me where I'm more Um, intent on proving a point, uh, showing why I might be right, um, trying to defend myself instead of kind of thinking and coming home to why is this situation upsetting to me? And starting from that place because Mm -hmm. then that potentially can invite a totally different conversation. Right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, so we need to... Uh, put out the fire first instead of chasing the arsonist
0: yeah um he's he i'm gonna go ahead and take that next paragraph because i have the whole thing kind of he says there's many things you can do to communicate that you're suffering over something that somebody's done you can write a note we've had a a light (coughs) issue there (laughs) you can write a note or send an email to the person But first, practice mindful breathing and take care of your anger. This is a a perfect time to use the fourth mantra, I suffer, please help. You may phone the other person once you've calmed your anger, but only when you can calmly tell him or her that you suffer and you want help. You can let the other person know that you're doing your best to take care of your suffering. Encourage that person to do the same. Asking for help when we're angry is very difficult, but it allows others to see your suffering instead of just your anger. They will see that suffering causes the anger and then communication and healing can begin.
1: Let me ask you a question about this. Um, You know, his idea of writing a note, sending an email to the person, writing a text. You know, one of the... um, caveats that we often see in the interpersonal um, literature is that you shouldn't argue over text. Um, You should avoid having long, complicated conversations over text. So I'm wondering, particularly for young people the wisdom of advice such as this, of You know, one of the options we have is to write a note or send an email or write a text Mm -hmm. to a person, even if it's from a place of centeredness and thoughtfulness, mindfulness, um, to use that communication channel. Do you think that's a good idea?
0: I don't think it's a bad idea. I probably communicate more with a woman in Africa, um, she's a former student, uh, than I do with anybody else on a daily basis. Okay. And so, and we, we sometimes have misunderstandings, or we sometimes have things we can't talk about, or, or sure. you know, um, and we still have to work through that, and it's all done on text, we don't, like, maybe we video called maybe two or three times, or whatnot. Yeah. She tells me about her boyfriend troubles. I tell her about my, whatever, yeah. la- lack of international student troubles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But it's it it is like if you just think about it as texting, it's a very lean medium. Sure. You know, and texts in a relationship, texts lend themselves to sweet nothings and task related, right. um you know, communication.
1: Yeah. Well put, yeah.
0: Right. Texting isn't just texting anymore. Like WhatsApp, even like on the texting that I use, you can click to the voice message. Yeah. And so like when my friend and I are dealing with complicated issues and it just gets to be too much to try and text it out with my thumbs then you just flip it up and it records.
1: You'll speak it.
0: Uh-huh. And yeah. then you get the vocal quality and you get the nuances in how people are saying things. And also you get the asynchronousness sure. out of it so that you can ready you can listen to it when you're ready. Like there are times I've received messages, I'm like, I just can't right now. <clears throat> Wait fifteen, twenty minutes, I'm in a different time and place, and then I listen to it. Yeah. Uh and and I can respond more appropriately. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I, I don't think that the mediated messaging is quite as lean as it used to be. Sure. But what I noticed this weekend, because I was having a little suffering or whatnot, you know, I was beating up on myself, you know, for things that I did or didn't do. And... Uh, and felt kind of at a loss because what I wanted to say is I suffer, please help, and I didn't have anybody to say it to. Mm. Because I think, and I was reading that today, that you can yeah. set that up in sure. your relationships, and then that invites the conversations somehow. Versus, right. you know, because otherwise, you hear somebody says that, and they're like, "Oh, do we need to call an ambulance?" You know, <laughs> You're like, <"Fuck>, no. <laughs>
1: So it becomes sort of like a contract in certain kinds of relationships. An
0: agreement, a baseline for the relationship. I think that I'm really going to promote at least this chapter because we have yet to look at conflict in our interpersonal. And I think we might just take a time and and look at this stuff.
1: Yeah. Mm. uh, First of all, the example you give with your friend in Africa makes perfect sense to me because you don't have... Uh, ongoing occasions for video chatting, as you indicated, or certainly face-to-face interactions, but particularly in relationships where we have access to the other person physically. Mm -hmm. Um, I think texting might be a way to, well, I think of this in a couple of different ways. One being um, to write the note or the text as a way of getting it out and preparing oneself for that face-to-face conversation. Um, the other thing could be that one could provide enough information to open the door for that face-to-face conversation, right? Um, I'm not, I guess I'm not entirely sold on the idea that if we have ongoing physical access to the other person, particularly you know family members, Love relationships. Okay, I'm not to, conduct-
0: to text people in your own home.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: right? a little weird.
1: It is, yeah. But, 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 if- but even, even, not in your own home, but, but people you may live with and you're angry when you left for the day, you've reflected on this, you've returned home, and then in the middle of the day, you send that text instead of perhaps waiting till you come back home at the end of the day to have that conversation. Well, if
0: that text is an apology, you go right ahead and send it. Oh, totally agree. (laughs) Totally
1: agree. Yes. Yeah, that would be in line with the sweet, well, it's not a sweet nothing, but it's a a sweet gesture, right, that the apology would be.
0: Yeah. And ease your your partner's suffering. Sure, sure recognizing you're wrong i don't know i think it's going to be circumstantial yeah i don't think you should text somebody if you're sitting in the same room with them but if your emotions are such that you don't that's the thing so if your emotions are such that you don't feel like you can say it then you haven't really quite calmed your emotions
1: oh true
0: right so the need to text as a means of expressing yourself probably wouldn't rise unless yeah. you felt like the other person's emotions would rise and then not permit you i don't know yeah it's <laughs> something yeah. to be considered
1: it is yeah, i just I found that an interesting um uh, suggestion that he makes here,
0: yeah, and then you know he does go on to talk about helping each other suffer less, yeah. Um, and acknowledging the difficulty in the, in the relationship. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he says that uh, people that we care about um, most are the ones who can trigger the greatest suffering, which is so true, right? They, they know um, what it is that may um, hurt us or... Frustrate us, not that people are going to be intentional in terms of that, but we may have an expectation that they should have known better. Right. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I don't think we need to to read that section, Um, but we, I don't know, Um, if we have someone who comes to us suffering i'm i 'm now on page ninety eight uh, and and maybe that person doesn 't want to make us suffer, but doesn 't know how to transform their their suffering. They can make people around them suffer
1: mm-hmm.
0: so helping people when they suffer can actually help everybody right um, actually but that 's interesting because people become really rude, angry, mean, and unacceptable. They engage in what I'm going to start calling low value behaviors because mm. I listen to another
1: podcast. <laughs> you have another podcast? I you know.
0: <laughs> this is a tired joke. Our followers are going to recognize it. <laughs> I
1: thought we were the only podcast.
0: This one's interesting, Joe. It's called The Art of Charm. And they run sessions. And I'm like, can I get a CC to pay for me to take one of these sessions? <laughs> Where they like film you to figure out what your behaviors are that are like maybe working against you or what you're not doing. And oh, then you wow. like are forced to watch the film and recognize your low value behaviors.
1: Interesting. I
0: think mine might be not making enough eye contact, but mm. we'll see. Anyway, we're back. Um,
1: yeah, and you know, people back who are to suffering
0: that. are sometimes rude and mean yeah. and, and ugly and you don't want to help them suffer less because they're not asking for it in a nice way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're they're basically a hurricane that's out of control mm-hmm. and who wants to be in that, you know, space at that point in time. But then he he brings up um, you know, the importance of having some backbone. And using, as he calls it, the tools of compassionate communication, deep listening and loving speech. And um, you're right. I mean, that's that's the last thing you want to do when you're in the presence of someone who's just this out-of-control hurricane, mm-hmm. um, friend, loved one. Um, but he, he gives um, very practical uh, examples of what this compassionate communication would sound like and i'll read a few of these because i thought these were really cool Uh, to tell the person that i know you're not feeling too happy right now um or it's not my intention to make you suffer Uh, it's because i didn't understand your suffering and i didn't understand my suffering either right which kind of really um, opens up uh, a communication for some or some pretty deep disclosure um, if you care for me, help me understand
0: that one I'm like it almost sounds like a demand, I mean, <laughs> you know if you don't care for me then you yeah. know but but it makes sense because your goal is understanding right, right, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, or perhaps to say, um you know i know I know that you care for me um so, help which me basically, Yeah, so help me understand. That's you know, a little bit. Because you've got better. this history of caring, and then there's this moment right now that's just total suffering. Yeah. And, yeah. and so to call upon that history that I know, you know, that you care for me, help me understand. Saying less I know demanding. you care. Yeah, I yeah, like that less, one better. Less demanding. Yeah.
0: Uh, and he goes on to say that those are just examples, uh, and it's actually important that the words are your own. Yeah. I underlined. The sentence that says, When you have the energy of compassion in your heart, your own loving words will come to you naturally. Yeah. Uh, When you're angry at somebody in the heat of the moment, it's almost impossible to use loving speech. Mm -hmm. But when understanding arises, compassion comes, and it's possible to use loving speech without having to make a lot of effort. I was in a situation yesterday where I was listening to someone who's going through some pretty intense like thought processes and making decisions about the future and um somebody that i know is really just kind of always on the top of of her game she's trying to figure out the future and control the future which is completely impossible and um yeah I recognized it as a moment that I just needed to listen, 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 listen. And sure. that was very, very helpful in, yeah. in that situation. When I spoke, it sometimes I just let go. I'm like, okay, so whatever's going to come, do it with the right heart. I ended up saying something like, trust yourself and all the efforts you've made. And she's like, it caught her. And she's like... Oh, my God, I hadn't thought about that one. Mm. Trusting. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and so, like, it was the right thing to say in the right moment. And that, you know, comes from listening with compassion. Yeah. But that is a choice. place of understanding. Yeah, a a choice. And it's almost a choice to put your agenda on the background and take this person on as the only agenda. Yeah. And that, uh, I'm thankful that I did it. Oh, good. Uh, Actually, the 99, bottom of page 99, a doctor who doesn't see the nature of the sickness can't help the patient. A psychotherapist who doesn't understand a patient's suffering can't help. Loving speech can open the door. Then you have an opportunity to practice deep listening and help the other person heal the relationship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that healing stems from. Uh... A place of of true listening and empathy and support. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I don't know that we should take the time to read the story about the Vietnamese man who went away and came back. Yeah. But it's pretty profound at the same time.
1: Very profound. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's all about um, pride mm-hmm. and and how pride sometimes keeps us from. Um, being able to move towards um, either healing our own suffering or the suffering of someone else.
0: I'm going to hit pause so that we can make a break here. Okay. Trusting that everything is still working, and we are starting our second segment. Um. Yeah. So we were talking about pride and the story. Should we just tell it in short? That, that, sure. Uh, yeah. Um.
1: Yeah. It's pretty pretty sad.
0: Yeah. A young couple got married, got together. Um, the wife got pregnant. The husband had to go away to war. He's gone for several years, and he comes back. Um and when he comes back, the son doesn't recognize him and tells him he isn't his father. And uh, and actually goes so far as to say, my, father, my father's with my mother all the time and sleeps in her bed at night, you know, which the returned soldier thinks is pretty, you know, damning. Scandalous, you right? know. And he doesn't check with his wife. No. And he doesn't actually ask his son any more questions, yeah. you know
1: yeah it's this this story is ultimately about assumptions that get made in misperceptions mm-hmm. and how pride sometimes will keep us from um checking out our assumptions and clarifying our because we think we
0: know we're right, yes, and, and it would be painful to know that even more,
1: yeah, 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 very much so um and rather than spoil this story um Let's just leave it at that, okay. right? That that it's ultimately, there, there is an ending that you would need to read uh, to really understand the extremes by which assumptions and misperception, and most importantly, how pride comes into play that prevents us from um, managing our own suffering, and certainly the suffering of someone else.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, at the bottom of page 103, then, it says, Mindful communication has the potential to ease so much of the unnecessary suffering in our relationships. Yeah. Because that story is full of unnecessary suffering.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Uh, the next section is reconciling in families. You have something highlighted a little sooner than I yeah,
1: do. Yeah, I do. I, I um highlighted um, one of the sentences on page 104. It's the last sentence of uh, that first paragraph that says, so we do the work of mindful communication not just for ourselves and our loved ones, but for our descendants. Um, And I thought, you know, this goes back to an earlier point that he made uh, in the book about um, generational suffering Mm -hmm. and, and how taking care of business now sets up a whole new pattern of interaction and happiness and uh, a way of being that can be passed down to our children and to our grandchildren as models of, of effective interaction. I'm falling <laughs> apart here, dropping stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty profound, that the, the responsibility um, we have to establish a different way of interacting than perhaps we grew up with um, or even that we're enacting at this moment in time there's choices we can make to do things differently yeah right
0: recognizing what you're choosing and maybe what you were given yes Uh, i remember i don't know if i told you about this but i my father was visiting not too long ago, and I found myself being angry at him. And I'm like, "Why? I have no reason to be angry at him. And I realized that I was, at that moment, you know, still carrying some of my mother's anger mm. for something that happened early on in their relationship. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, wow. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. But recognizing it then allows you to let it go, because you're like, well, that's not my anger. Yeah. I, I, no, thank you. I've carried you enough.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah, time to get rid of
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, On page 104, the last full paragraph says, When we're young, when we're still young, many of us are determined to be different from our parents. We say we'll never make our children suffer. But when we grow up, we tend to behave just like our parents. Mm -hmm. And we make others suffer because, like our ancestors, we don't know how to handle the energies we've inherited. Mm -hmm. And and that's what I was, like, recognizing We've received many positive and negative seeds from our parents and ancestors. They transmitted their habit to us because they didn't know how to transform it. Yeah. Sometimes these habit energies have passed through many generations. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's pretty powerful.
1: Yeah, very much so. Those patterns of interaction, mm-hmm. you know, they become very, very strong mm-hmm. in us.
0: So you have something other
1: than what I have? On. Well, it's it's continuing along the lines of, um, you know, what, what has been handed down to us. And I have uh, the last sentence of that first full paragraph on page 105 highlighted, um, that now I can't read because the lights just shut off in the room. Here we go. That we can also help our children learn how to handle their habit energies and nourish the positive elements that they have inside and what a gift that is you know to to be able to have that kind of impact on on our children and particularly in an age of you know being more concerned about material giving to a child making sure they have you know the latest gaming system or whatever it might be um to really begin to focus primarily on nurturing who they are as individuals and how they're communicating Um, because now we're setting them up for a lifetime of of success and happiness Mm -hmm. in relationships you know
0: yeah sometimes i'm really thankful that i don't have children because i am learning this way too late for them if i did yeah (laughs) yeah um On page 105, just the middle of the second paragraph, second full paragraph, Uh he says, with our practice of breathing mindfully, waking, walking Walking. mindfully, and looking deeply, we can bring about transformation and restore communication in even the most difficult of families.
1: Mm.
0: I think that's difficult. Yeah. But um, it kind of starts with letting go of wanting to control the other person and that's part of like yeah. like because you can't and and when you recognize that person as their own self making their own choices needing their own needs right then I think it's a little bit easier but with families there's so many more ties and extra expectations yeah I think it's a little difficult
1: yeah persistence can pay not mm-hmm Yeah, on the next page, on page 106, um, he says that when you're able to generate the energy of understanding and compassion in yourself, reconcil- reconciliation can begin to take place. So, again, there's this this ongoing uh, message about the importance of coming home to yourself and really... Developing some self-understanding, compassion for yourself. That's the starting point.
0: Right, um, Getting right with you. Yes. Before you try and get right with the other person. Right. The bottom of page 106 says reconciliation is possible. You can find resolution to the difficulties in your relationships. You don't need to allow the difficulties to continue causing you to suffer month after month, year after year. Yeah. And I think we both have the first step is to practice mindful breathing, <laughs> right. mindful walking, and mindfulness in daily activities, so that you will be strong enough to go back to yourself, listen to your own suffering, and look deeply into its nature. You just read that, didn't you? No. No, no. you just like yeah, said that was that. on the
1: pre. The, and, so it's a you know, repeated it's a, message. It is a repeated message, right? right? And and it's all about self awareness mm-hmm. and being able to um, not be alienated from yourself.
0: Unless, he goes on, we listen to our own suffering, there's no chance of improving the quality of our relationships. With mindfulness, compassion arises, and you can accept yourself. Yeah. Then you have the chance to look at others.
1: Yeah. 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 It's a tough pill to swallow.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I felt more resistance in this section than I felt to any other part of the book and it's because my anger likes to have its own little spot and not get...
1: Well, and, and, and he goes on, on page 108, because there are, uh, there's a lot of tough messaging here, right? Mm-hmm. Where um, I highlighted, don't try to force the other person to change. Even if it takes a long time, you'll feel better when you are master of yourself and you are doing your best, right? And so, instead of looking outward, you know, I'm upset. All this needs to change. Yeah, maybe I, I'm the one that needs to change, right? And and that's that's a tough pill to, to mm-hmm. swallow,
0: right? Yeah, I'm still not going to teach online. <laughs> like, I have had that realization several times. I'm like, no. <laughs>
1: well, and, and, you know, granted that there there's fundamental values that we do have to hold on to and that should not be changed, right? And that's what we need to... Like, recognize. Recognize.
0: We're angry because this fundamental value is being threatened.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. And that that becomes a starting point for conversation, negotiation, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, But if we immediately react, and we're right back to this reacting thing of reacting of, I don't like this. You need to change this. That's not a place of of, uh, dialogue Mm. by any means. Mm By any
0: means. Mm -hmm. Um, At the bottom of the first full paragraph on page 108, it's just the last sentence there. You have to disentangle yourself from the unhappiness and go back to yourself, back to your peace, until you know how to handle the situation in a loving way. Yeah. Like, you can't just, like, jump in and expect it because you you want it to happen. If you're not in the right place, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Like and actually wanting it to happen is almost indicative, wanting it to get fixed is almost indicative of being in the wrong place. Because if you're right with yourself, then your urgency to like fix it is kind of like dissipated.
1: Absolutely.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, and he uh, comes back to a point that he made earlier in the book on page 109, when he talks about when, when you're actually in dialogue with your partner, Uh, If the partner says something untrue, don't interrupt and say, no, no, you're wrong. Uh, That wasn't my intention. Let him speak out, right? So we heard this earlier um, that sometimes we want to rush in and kind of correct the misinformation or add additional facts or clarity. And that is a recipe for um, a conversation that's gonna get out of control. Very quickly.
0: And it won't be a healing conversation. At all. Because the point is, let them speak it so they get it out. Yeah. Because that is actually how the healing happens.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And if you
0: argue with them, you stop the healing. Yeah. 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 Good stuff.
1: It is. Um, very good. And then also on page 109, uh, this was interesting the last paragraph. Mm-hmm. I highlighted that sometimes we're in a negative environment that doesn't leave us space to communicate with ourselves. So there could be so much, you know, chaos and it's toxic. Um, and he goes on to say that we may need to change the environment around us. Um, but sometimes in a relationship, we think that separation or divorce is the only alternative this is true if we're in a violent or abusive situation it's important that we be in a place where we feel safe and not vulnerable so true right that we may have to remove ourselves from that situation um in order to figure out what our options are
0: Yeah, he goes on. We may as well do the whole paragraph because he says, but if you're in a relationship where both people love each other and don't intentionally hurt each other, but you just don't know how to communicate, there may be other solutions. Many people think divorce is the solution, but after the papers are signed, they can continue to suffer. If there are children or financial or other matters connecting you, you will still have to deal with each other for years to come. You can't take the other person out of you. And I I like this one. You, You can't take yourself out of others. Yeah. The suffering still continues. Yeah. So the question is not whether you will stay together or not. The question is whether you can focus on trying to understand each other using compassionate speech and deep listening, no matter what the outcome. Yeah. Yeah, because those kids are going to be privy to the communication between the parents, whether or not the parents... Stay together or get a divorce as long as right. they're parents, which is a lifelong job
1: yeah, it is, and I think that particularly if the issue is that they're going to divorce, um, even more so a motivation to try to heal that relationship uh, for the sake of the children right
0: I've seen kids from the unhealed yeah, relationships yeah, and it's not pretty sad,
1: yeah, very sad
0: oh yeah. So compassionate communication is is really uh, the goal mm-hmm. here, and uh, he introduces is that in the next section when. Well, the collective energy of peacefulness and mindfulness, but also like the idea that you put a timetable on your anger. Yeah. And and that like in a retreat they give them a day to really it's like think about it. Like twenty four hours. Yeah. Yeah yeah and then they have to talk to the person and start some kind of reconciliation yeah which I'm like I'll wait for the (laughs) retreat (laughs) Um, on page 113 he talks about the peace negotiations right when Uh when he was working with actual government officials uh, he says when opposing parties come together to negotiate, they shouldn't negotiate right away because each group has a lot of doubt, anger, and fear. So they have to spend that time kind of getting in the space of uh, being compassionate by breathing, walking, sitting, and calming. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I found this interesting. I, I don't know anything about um, kind of presidential history other than, you know, I can name probably the last six presidents <laughs> before I have to go to <laughs> <laughs> Google the rest uh, in order. But, um, you know, I, I'm, th- that section kind of left me with the news media coverage of presidents when they were uh, meeting with foreign heads of states here in the U.S. at Camp David uh, I was
0: thinking of Jimmy Carter, too. And
1: they were, <laughs> they would be on these walks, right? Uh, and and you know that they were talking about whatever the issues were. There's a were.
0: picture of Bush holding hands with some leader.
1: Is there? Yeah. Yeah, you Because,
0: yeah, you, you, yeah. Yeah, you work on the relationship.
1: You work on the relationship, and usually with those photographs, and I know that they were stage photographs, granted, but they were within some kind of context that was real, right? And... My guess is that their advisors and all the other people that would float around them when they were in a negotiating room were way out on the periphery. And it was just the two of them, right? Mm -hmm. And so there is a different kind of um, environment that you're invited to whenever you're out away from, you know, if it's a family, we're not sitting at the dinner table having this conversation, but we're maybe even out on the patio.
0: Mm-hmm. having
1: this conversation or we're going out on a walk that's going to afford us some degree of privacy to have this conversation. Boy, that's a whole different mindset that gets created whenever we're in that space. Yeah. right.
0: But I think that's why the retreats are so useful. Yes, yes. Because absolutely. they take us out of the everyday and put us in a space where we're encouraged to reflect.
1: Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. On page 114...
0: He's still talking about the negotiating session. Like, if the atmosphere gets too heated, Mm -hmm. then the chairperson should invite everyone to stop and breathe in and out to calm themselves down. Like, just remembering to return to the breathing over and over and over again in so many different situations. And this one is just another, you know, when you're working with people who have... Really great responsibilities, sure. it's still a process that can be useful. It's not just in the one-on-one relationship.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And actually, bottom of page 114, he says, there's no place where deep listening and loving speech are inappropriate. Yeah. We don't need to save these techniques for a special occasion. They can be adapted to any situation and be helpful. If we use them now, we will have the understanding and insight we need to repair the damage we caused in the past and bring healing to ourselves, our families, our Mm -hmm. relationships, and our communities. Yeah. Yeah. So So important. Yeah. I think we have one, on page
1: 153? We we? do. Yeah, one practice. Or
0: two, but one is really long and one is really short.
1: The peace treaties and peace notes.
0: Yeah. So... I paired these because they seemed more appropriate to um, difficult situations like right you don't need a peace note or a peace treaty if you're actually experiencing peace exactly you would want that after a period of lack of peace yeah so on page 153 uh, I'll just read it the he says the peace treaty and peace note are two tools to help us heal anger and hurt in our relationships The peace treaty can be used as a preventative tool before we utter or are hurt by words or actions that seem unkind. When we sign the peace treaty, we're making peace not with just the other person, but within ourselves. The peace note can be used as a healing tool when we're hurt or angry because of something someone has said or done. You can copy it and keep blank copies available wherever you need it. You can use it in a place. Uh, you can use it in place of the fourth mantra note that you keep in your wallet.
1: Yeah, I liked um, the peace treaty as a preventative tool. I like a lot. Uh, yeah. Not only from the standpoint of uh, personal relationships, but I was also reminded of uh, student group projects and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. how important establishing the ground rules are. Um, and I, I do have, when I <clears throat> run group projects, I have them generate ground rules um, for how they're going to uh, regulate uh, their, their behavior, encourage positive behavior. But this, what he outlines in terms of a peace treaty, I think I will uh, bring into, in the future, uh, a, the process, yeah, a process for the students to go through as they contract. Or Any kind of project because it's it's all about uh, managing anger and potential problems and and that sort of thing, and so it's got real um, real good use for project groups with students or actually any team could benefit from this you know I professional teams had, anybody yeah um,
0: I had a student actually. Stay after class yesterday and share with me a, a situation that was a group project that kind of went awry yeah. when he chose to be in another group. Mm-hmm. Like they let go with a little bit of like verbal abuse on the texting and whatnot. Uh-huh. And he's like, and I didn't say anything. I just didn't say anything at all. And I'm like, that's great. You were Chris Rock about it. That's <laughs> awesome. You know, Chris Rock is getting. More audience, more money because he handled that situation so well. Like, yeah. Yeah. like I think the best example of this kind of, sure. you know, uh, on stage in a public realm for all of us to see is Chris Rock. Yeah, right. Forget about the guy who hit him. Yeah, you know that yeah. guy handled himself really well, and he didn't come back, and he hasn't come back mm-hmm. with anger on that. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: absolutely. So I'm like, yeah.
0: To call somebody Chris Rock is my new like way of complimenting <laughs> I love it. them. Yeah. Should we read the peace treaty or direct people here?
1: I think them? direct people here. There's a lot um, that's here. You, and uh,
0: you vow you you say you're not going to get angry. You're not going to do stuff. You yeah. make you make promises about how you are going to handle your own anger.
1: Right. And the steps you're going to take to center yourself, um, to issue an apology if needed, um, to figure out, you know, at what point are we going to come together to talk about this. Um, so there's practice clear, breathing.
0: <clears throat> like you actually sign off that you're going to practice your breathing.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So there's very explicit commitments that um, two people or a group might be making. Uh, about dealing with what inevitably will happen in any kind of uh, ongoing relationship, Mm -hmm. conflict. How are we going to deal with it, right, Um, if one of us or both of us or all of us become angry about something?
0: I think the, the contract is excellent. I probably yeah. will run copies and just be like, and
1: here's another thing you <laughs> one can more look thing at thing to in consider. Class. Yeah. Yeah, one more thing to consider.
0: You know, I actually pulled out, I thought I was being a really cool teacher and made a new handout on men and women's communication. Yeah. And I think I'm just going to walk away from it because there are some generalizations that you can make, but then those generalizations will not hold true for every person. Uh-huh. And I th- I had what I thought was like a much more up-to-date thing about you know women are other-oriented, men are self-centered, and they're like, ah. Uh. <laughs> so the guys are like, I think women are... And I'm like, mm, I think I need to just not talk about that. Uh-huh. But going into a relationship, regardless of whether you're a man or woman or in a same-sex relationship, having like the contract for how we are going to communicate when times right, get rough right is it seems to me like gold absolutely and, and not to present that in a good time in the relationship when you're not having a fight and be like hey yeah my communication teacher told me you know and, yeah. and should we do something like this you know and set the ground rules while things are good because sure. you can't really set them when things are bad it's it's That's much not too the hard. time yeah yeah that
1: is not the time yeah it's really a great tool yeah yeah
0: oh and then there's the you like the peace note
1: i i do and actually i think i've now answered my earlier dilemma that i raised about um texting or writing a note um when you're angry and is that the best medium because again he mentions that a peace note can be used as a healing tool when we're hurt or angry so it's it's you know, something has happened, some kind of transgression has happened. And then he gives essentially a template for writing a peace note. Uh, And I want to read this because this is, I think, what I would view as an acceptable um, text. text. Every time I go to read, the lights go off. Um, (laughs) Acceptable text to open the door for the conversation face-to-face, right? Where um, you write, dear... you're assuming you're writing a conventional letter this morning afternoon yesterday you said did something that made me very angry i suffered very much i want you to know this and here's what you did all right so you kind of report the facts please let us both look at what you said did and examine the matter together in a calm and open manner it says this friday evening right so it's it's very formal template i think in a text message um, it could be much less formal, um, yeah, but, but still st- get the point across. You
0: skipped across. the goodbye. Yours, not very happy, right? Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: That, I'm, I'm, I'm hurt, and so you know you've been put on notice, so to speak. Yeah. But I think what, what's good here is that there's a clear statement of feeling ownership for it and most importantly there's factual information or what we often call descriptive communication mm-hmm. right that here's what you did or here's what you said to me as i was walking out the door or,
0: something specific yeah, something that they specific. can look at and think about and, right. and understand yeah right
1: and then a request for an appointment to let's revisit this at the end of the day when we're we're home and you know, perhaps over a glass of wine or something.
0: You know, and it's not going to wait till the end of the day. The person's well, <laughs> going to be like, Oh, I totally didn't mean that. I was talking about so-and-so. I'm but, but, so sorry you misinterpreted.
1: But here we are back to the peace treaty, right? That that when one of us gets upset, no, we're going to No, you have send to obey the peace, peace treaty
0: note. and not solve it. Just let, right. let him suffer another five hours <coughs> before you can see him later <laughs> in the day. Right. I'm not so sure, Joe.
1: Well, <laughs> if we have this contract, then uh, hopefully over time we get used to it, right? That it becomes a normative behavior, a normative expectation. Right, um, the trick made, is
0: talking about it way in advance, and yeah, then going to yeah. it, and then going to
1: it. Yeah. yeah, but you know, these are two very good tools that uh, much like all this stuff we're talking about, challenges the status quo for all of us. Mm-hmm. And it's like riding a bicycle, it's awkward, we're gonna fall off a lot, um, but over time, we become better if we process.
0: That's true. Right. That's so. true. I catch myself breathing. Yeah. And then after I be, I'm like, oh, that was better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you all for coming to our uh, second to last podcast. I think this is the fifth one. Yeah. And uh, there will be information in the podcast notes about where to find the book. And that way you can read all the stuff we've been reading with you. Chat you later. Bye-bye. Bye.